0: Hope it was a good weekend, a safe one. What a weekend! We had Saturday night pegged as the game. We also had a Colorado Leaf game pegged like that. What about a month and a half ago? That, yeah. <laughs> although it was a shalocking for the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, it didn't didn't come off like the one that we just had Saturday night. which the leafs looked good but couldn't close it out losing 5-4 in overtime i'm nick kiprios justin Bourne, tech we got andrew dutch holland and of course sammy mckee driving the ship the game did what it was supposed to i think for for me just to Mm. to get right into it guys I, I wanted it to to be a true measuring stick in terms of looking at the schedule and going, how many of these have we had? How many have we actually seen the Leafs over 30 games and maybe just uh, less than a handful of games we can go, okay, does that help us know what the Leafs are a lot more than prior to puck drop? This one said yes for me. I, I, I got more out of this game than I have in the last month.
1: Justin, yeah. you? There's there's much more of a sense when you're watching these hockey games, like two very good teams that are in the contender class in the NHL, that I, I guess it's a reminder for me that the Leafs in those games aren't just trying to break through against a lesser talented team. It feels like they're trying to hang on. Like you're constantly trying to contain the McKinnons and Rantanons and Kale McCars. There's this vibe in the game. That you have to be perfect or it can slip away from you. And those are the type of games they need to be in. And I think that vibe was reflected in how it started and then how it eventually ended.
0: We got a terrific show coming up. We also have Jim Ralph, uh, the voice, the radio voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, coming up uh, in about 20 minutes or so. Uh, So much was made out of, yet again, a great effort by Jack Campbell, Mm -hmm. including. A Superman of a save, which led me to think of Curtis Joseph, guys. And I think over his great career, we've seen a number of Superman saves. So we're going to have uh, Curtis Joseph join us later on in the show. And in between that, Emily Kaplan from ESPN does a terrific job covering the uh, National Hockey League. Uh, We're going to get into the Evander Kane saga with her and figure out uh, what are the chances of Andrew Cain's in another uniform maybe in a week or two
2: not a i know white one. i
0: know we've got our opinions on that but uh <laughs> let's uh let's get uh, super fan sammy in the mix here and and first and foremost sammy do you sit there as uh as an overall fan and say very entertaining game or do you go deeper into sammy super fan of the leafs and go uh, I was a little disappointed at the finish.
3: I would say that I enjoyed that game thoroughly. Absolutely thoroughly. I love the Leafs getting a 4-1 lead. I don't necessarily love them blowing that because of the history that goes into with that number in the Leafs. And I think there's a lot of Leafs fans kind of feel that way about that game just because of that stupid number 4-1, which haunts the Toronto Maple Leaf fans. We can get more into that. But I think when we're going to play the the coach coming up here, I, I really feel like that's two of the elite teams in the NHL. One got a big league. One, one's played how many games in 30 days? Three day, three games. It's at altitude. They look like they got a little tired, and uh, an elite team shot three in the net. I, I really have a tough time getting too bent out of shape about that, and I just, I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was an incredible hockey game. Those mm-hmm. two, the pace that those two teams were playing at. Is just otherworldly. I was saying, you know, there's a lot of teams in the 90s that that, you know, those teams would have beat 10 nothing that night. It was just, it was a speed, seems like it's at a different level. So uh, I love the Game Boys. No, no, no. Right, uh, let's, let's... Go, go ahead, ahead, Sammy. No, no, I just, I loved it. So continue.
0: I was just going to say, okay, let, let's get Sheldon's uh, yeah. read on this because I, there's parts of me that disagree with you, Sam, but uh, I want to get into that after we listen to Keith.
4: There's not many teams in the league that are able to keep these guys below four these days. Um, so I, you know, I think it's 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 tough. You know, it's tough to do that, especially with a short bench today and you know missing three very important forwards. Three guys that would be vital for us in in protecting a lead like that and allowing us to use more of a bench. Um, three penalty killers as well. You know, we had to kill four penalties today. Only had one power play. Apparently killed it an outstanding job, but uh, I, I, I take nothing but positive out of this game tonight. I know the way you, you give up the, the lead in the third and you end up losing in overtime, which to me, as we've talked about before, is just its, its, own, it's, its own baby. We, we tie the game here today. Um, it's a huge point for us.
0: What the you the one there, that Kemper? gets me, guys, is I, I take nothing but positives out of this game, and JB, you want to go first or should I go?
1: Why don't you lead us off, Kipper? Yeah, I, I hated that comment by Sheldon. You did? Oh, yes. I totally disagree. Totally disagree. I Listen, I, I just think that the team has played so little hockey and in such different circumstances to come out like they did in the first period and build that lead up against such a good team I just don't know how you then go in the dressing room with your team and go, "Yeah, oh, a bunch of losers. <laughs> you know, no. You, <laughs> you, you don't
0: have to call them a bunch of losers. You just reiterate our issue here, that we don't close teams out, mm-hmm. that we don't find a way to finish off. And I got it. The excuse is... And some of them, they're legit. It would have been nice to have a Mitch Marner, puck control guy, to help munch minutes off the clock at 4-1. But we've had an issue. I've had an issue. The players have an issue. Past history has had an issue that we don't close games out. We got a Mm -hmm. top team here in Colorado. We chase their first string goalie out. And we can't find a way to finish this game off. Yeah. It's the same old issue I had in the first round of the playoffs: no killer instinct, no finish. I wouldn't have said that. I would have said I, there's part. I would have said there's parts, you know, that 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 were good. But the the only part that matters to me at this
1: point is we lost the game. I wonder though, Kipper, if if they aren't feeling a little bit like last year, they made too big a deal out of this whole demons thing. Ah, demons in their cars and their beds, everything. We'll call the boys in when we're in first place to talk about the mental state. We'll call the leading goal scorer or point getter in before game seven to talk about where his head's at. You know, If someone tells you it seems like you're crazy, it seems like you're crazy, everything's in your head, it makes you feel a little bit crazy. And I can't help but wonder if part of what Sheldon Keefe wants to do with this team is be like, it's not the end of the world. It's not, you know, they blew that lead in, in the all or nothing series five, four to Ottawa. They were up 4 one and they talked about it. Like, you know, they are these choke artists and prone to do it and they fixated on it. I wonder if this is just his effort to be like, all right, we got a point in the road. We're moving on. We're not going to sit and stare at, you know, the doo-doo on the carpet like a lot of owners do with their dogs.
0: The doo-doo on the carpet is still there, even if you don't want to notice
1: it. (laughs) JB, it's still there, and it stinks. No, listen, listen. It's definitely there. I know it's there. You and I can look at it and talk about it. Sammy, I don't know. You
0: tell me if I'm overreacting here, but I I, I chase out their number one goalie. When a team pulls a goalie, their number one goalie on – Three goals on eight shots, and I, I I find a way to not win this game. That's all I care about here. And I I see I wouldn't have pat them all on the buck the back and said great, you know I I would have I would have carved them for for blowing it because it's gonna come up again, and you just got to make them feel like that's the only thing that matters here, guys. Not finding different ways to say, you know, we we're a little short here, and we could have used Mitchy and. You know, uh, mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. Just win that game at four one.
3: Yeah, uh, if there's anything, if there's anything to me that. Uh, this game sort of accentuates it's how much goals towards the end of periods can change games. You know, they got that goal to make it three-one late in the th- uh, to make uh, in- late in the first period, right? I forget who scored their goal, and then they get the late goal to make it four-two at the end of the second period. And the difference between a third three-goal lead going into a intermission and a two-goal lead going into an intermission is it's a different world. And I really feel like that th- that makes a huge difference to me. I, I know chasing the is one thing, but they didn't get a ton of chances on Francoos or whatever. Was it Francoos or Francoos? He's got a weird name. It's a tough <laughs> one to say. Francoos. <laughs> anyway, is it Fran? I don't know what it is. It's a weird name. Anyways, I I think that the the Bednar got what he wanted. He pulled the starting goalie, and he got a response from his team. It kind of worked. They were asleep. The Leafs go up three zip. They pull the goalie, and it wakes up the Avalanche. I, I think what you're saying, Kipper, is very fair. And it's what a lot of Leaf fans are feeling. You know, they're, Listen. they lead the world in blown 4-1 leads in the last however many years. They do it a lot. They're, they've done it the most out of any team. Yeah. But at the same time, one in January against the best team in the league at the moment, I'm having. A, and they still get a point out of it, I'm having a tough time getting too bent out of a shape about it. I really am.
1: Well, and if I could score a point for uh, Kipper and, and even... Yeah, I'll score a point for Kipper here with with this point. It's just like... The the way he frames it does set expectations for what this team is. You know, against Carolina, he he basically said, "Well, that's a better hockey team than us." And by saying he's happy getting a point against Colorado, he's saying, "Well, that's a better hockey team than us." Is that motivational in its own right? Uh, you mm-hmm. know, or or is it just I, I don't know? Did we even play the second Sheldon Keefe where he goes through the list?
3: We could play this clip.
1: Go let's let's it. do that. Let's go. Let's do the yeah. second Keefe clip where he goes through the list of excuses.
4: You come out of uh, playing in front of no fans, and then you're into this. Um, the response from our group to start the game, I thought, was outstanding. Even though it took us a little bit to get our offense moving, I just thought our guys worked. Our structure was really good, and even though the shot volume goes up uh, throughout the game, uh, I mean, I, I just don't think we gave up much in terms of you know dangerous scoring chances. When we did, Soupy was unbelievable. Some of the saves he made, but uh, I thought our guys did what we asked of them today. Would we like to get two points. Absolutely, should we have had two points? Absolutely, but well, that's a very good team, and to come out here on the road, get a point—it's huge for our group.
0: And uh, uh, JB, you, you think it's a psychological thing? He wants that mindset to to uh, be positive and good. Up. And I'm yeah. like, I no, I I I would I, w- I would have left tearing them all a new asshole. You would have, yeah.
1: Well, you know the. There's not really anyone I look at on the Leafs and go, well, that guy was a dog tonight. And I guess that's part of it. Like, you know, the, the Matthews line in particular was unbelievable. Like, it, you know, sorry, what but are you going to say there, Kim? There, there isn't,
0: it's not, that's not the point that I'm making. Because it's not about whether or not anybody even played well or not. It's about the result yeah. that we have to find a way to get the right result or else we're all going to be in a heap of mess like we were at the end of Montreal in the first round. It doesn't matter. Well, this is fundamentally they gotta a conversation get past about that process part.
1: versus results then, I would say.
0: They're yeah. way past that. If this is a younger team, JB, if there's still some some learning, but like, they yeah, sure should... learned up. They sh- they're there's no more. They're full of learnedness. They're all learned up. My yeah, I hear you. My my is my compass overflows with learnedness. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just you win or you don't win. You blow yeah. a four one lead or you don't blow a four one lead. This is but- where they have to be battle tested. This was a good you know mindset finish for them and they didn't close it out and they they leaked oil at the end 8 minutes to go i if i'm sheldon keith i don't want clifford on a one on one with rentman with 8 minutes to go when how the game's on the line i'm sorry
1: i need to look at how that matchup even came to pass that was not not ideal that fourth line so that's one area kipper where they got real thin with not having the, the three forwards that were in the lineup, that fourth line got the, absolutely speed-bagged. Like, I understand that no fourth line in the NHL is going to look awesome against McKinnon and Rantanen and Landeskog, but, I mean, I think their there's shot attempts, they got a, a couple of shot attempts, and they were on for, like, 16 against. Every time they were out there, it just didn't work for them. So, you know, maybe with a fuller lineup and Keith's looking at that, they have a little bit more, uh, you know, they're better off. But, no, that that line was no good. And where, where are we Brett he's uh, not going to cut it
0: And listen, don't get me wrong. I look at the Leafs and I think they're they're good. they are good. and I don't know how much wiggle room there is with their forwards, but when they're going, they're a hard for checking team. Matthews is a beast out there when he's got the puck and he's having every ab chasing him they're 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 pretty strong and they're close. But I think more with the 4-1 blown lead is once again glaring on that back end and how it's just not good enough right now. And I think when we look at a a consistent narrative, we're back to Muzzin and Hull and where are they? They look more like a 5-6 than they do
3: a 3-4. Was that the case for you guys Saturday night? Yeah, I didn't think they looked very good. I really don't think they looked very good at all. And I think most of the goals were had them out on the ice, and they just looked like they were a little bit overmatched, Look like the speed was a lot for them. But I just keep going back. I mean, you're talking about the Bulls and Leeds, you're talking about all this stuff. And I, I have, as a Leaf fan my whole life, I honestly don't think it matters who is wearing the blue and white sweaters. I I, I can't help but wonder how much of them blowing this lead and how much of this stuff is just, you know, they all know the history of the Leafs and these blown leads, and they all know they get up 4-1, the next one goes in, they start feeling a little bit under their collar. Like, I really do feel like a lot of this has to do with just, like, a mental block, and it doesn't have to do with skill. It doesn't have to do with coaching. No matter what you want to say, I feel... That there is a definite sort of, you know, uh, aura hanging around this team when it comes voodoo. to this kind of so thing. You're I really do. Voodoo. It's voodoo. It's. I truly believe Rich that crap. there is a lot of voodoo involved. So it doesn't matter. Uh, you Brad could switch Cox. the teams and the jerseys la- on Saturday, and it would have been a res- different. It would have been the exact same result. <laughs> Let me. Let me give you the, the
1: what you're talking about here. So Michael Blake-McCurdy had a tweet thread today um, where it just feels like the Leafs have blown the most big leads. And he looked into this going back to 2007, where the Leafs had, uh, have held 233 goal leads, uh, not counting empty netters, and they have blown almost 9% of those games. Uh, that is pretty close percentage-wise to the most blown leads since then. But in terms of raw blown leads, they've blown more than any other team in the NHL by five. They've blown that lead twenty times now, going back that fifteen years or whatever it is. It different, is a thing with the coach, different players, and doesn't matter. Same result. It doesn't
3: matter. As long, long as what is world. that? Is that the pressure of the city, Kipper, or oh, is that total witchcraft. statistical weirdness? It's witchcraft. It's the jersey. It's, it's the nothing. colors. It's nothing. It's the It's a statistical, statistical anomaly. I cheer for the Cubs. It's what it is. <laughs> Teams are there's teams that are supposed to win and there's teams that are supposed to lose and do it in the most heartbreaking fashion and the ones that live and play in Toronto and wear the blue and white jerseys are the team in the league that do it. Where and they have the even, most fans.
0: Where would you even like begin to answer why on that? <laughs> Come on, it's
3: voodoo, man. It's total randomness. It's randomness. no, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not, man. It's not. You're Why the type of guy, Sam, you're,
1: you're the type of guy who believes that like, if you change positions on the couch, you, you affected the outcome of the game. Uh, yeah, there's a part of that. <laughs> there's definitely a part of that. There, you know, there's some truth to that. There's no doubt. But I will say when it's with the same group, I do believe that it is, it can be a mindset and a, a, a mental fragility and all that. But going back to 2007, like, oh, well, you're going to put Austin Matthews on the hook for who was on the team then? <laughs> uh, give me a name. Commissary, I got nothing.
0: Where, <laughs> where's that that game? If you switch Jack Campbell with Kemper, mm.
1: well, you loved Campbell, right?
0: I love Campbell. Yeah. And I'm just wondering though that if if you don't get Jack Campbell standing on his head for 50 shots again, how how close is that game?
1: Yeah. No, wow. he was very he was very good. No doubt about that, but what do you I, I thought Keith made some good points about like they gave up some some obvious glaring chances in the third period, but the sheer volume of chances wasn't there for Colorado like they got some great looks I don't know were were they that bad kipper defensively
0: no I, I just I, for me it's just so abundantly clear that when you talk about uh now these competing teams uh some are a little deeper than others, and I have Colorado deeper than the Leafs, especially when it comes to that back end. But that that goalie position, that to me is is all that matters from here on end when it comes to contending teams. And I'm <laughs> big fan of Jack Campbell's right now on Saturday night. He kept them in there. He gave him every opportunity to come away with two points, and they get one because of him and uh they they'll they'll be have uh, you have to take the leaf seriously because of Jack Campbell but you know if on the other hand if I'm Colorado I don't know how Joe Sakik uh you know left this the way he did in the off season uh, almost daring uh, Grubauer and I'm not even to suggest that it, it, Grubauer was the answer but he's for a team that's supposed to be built like they are right now boy he's he's left it a little wide open between the pipes
1: I don't know. I was among the people like I thought Kemper was one of the the league's better goalies. You know, I was like, "Oh, Colorado got Kemper. Like that's an improvement on on Grubauer. It's not worked out this season, but he's been better of late for them. You know, outside of the Leafs game, he's had a better I don't know handful of games. So, do you put Campbell in the net? You know, we we had a little debate on this on Friday, and I had maybe my least popular take on this show that I think Mrazek ends up getting a a little more chance to get in the net. You look at the Leaf schedule right now; it's possible that Mrazek could only get into one game in the rest of January, maybe two. You know, there's uh, Vegas tomorrow night. There's, you know, after they go to, then there's Arizona, which you'd have Mrazic, but then it's, they don't play till the 15th, then the 19th, then the 22nd. Like there's room to put Campbell in all these games after that, the 26th, then the 29th. Are you just going to keep going to the Campbell? Well, Kipper?
0: Yes. When I start, when you start thinking about uh, <laughs> the importance JB of where you're going to finish in the Atlantic Division and where the possible matchup starts, and if you have a chance to win it and and face a a, a wild card uh, seed, uh, the answer is yes, Jack, 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 Jack.
1: Man, imagine if you're Peter Mrazek and you you're looking at that. I guess you take some solace in your contract. Uh, but Did we, uh... I don't know. Hey, sorry, can you hear me?
3: Do we lose Kipper? Oh, Oh, okay. Did Uh, we lose you? Am I the only... Okay, I don't think we have Kipper. (laughs) I'm Uh, I'm here. I'm good, buddy. All right,
2: we lost Kipper. We got you,
4: Borny.
3: All right, buddy. So I'm looking at uh, Peter
1: Mrazik's year-over-year statistics right now, Sammy. Last season Mm -hmm. in Carolina, he's a 923 save percentage. In, in twelve starts. I know that's not a ton of starts. Nine oh five before that, nine fourteen before that. Do you think that this guy can't come
3: in and be a league average goalie? I I do kind of believe he can, but I hate the style he plays with. And mm-hmm. I I really do think there's a world in which Sheldon Keefe's seen the starts that he's had. I don't think do you think there's any trust? I'll ask throw it back to you guys. Do you think Sheldon Keefe has any trust in Peter Mrazek at all? He's been hurt a ton. The games he's played in, he's let in four goals. He's kind of flying around. He makes some great saves here and there. Like, do you think he trusts them enough to put him well, in there? Like you said, the regular season's huge.
0: I don't think there's enough of a of a sample size to for, for Sheldon to feel that way. I, I think it's there's still a, a brand new feeling of what do I have here? I would think, you know, I, I don't believe in what J.B., you said the other day that uh, this guy would have a chance to still Grab the net and run with it a little bit, but mm-hmm. he, you, you gotta always prepare as if Jack could pull a groin or or be out in a, at a in a critical time of the season. You're gonna have to build up some stock with this guy.
1: Yep, you know I, I will say I feel like the Leafs, when healthy, are as good as any team. But I feel like so much hinges on their health. You know, they they lose one guy, whether it's Campbell or a top four scorer, it makes me a little more nervous.
0: All right, let's go to Jimmy Ralph because uh, I, I played in the Jimmy Ralph era and I forget, were you begging for rest or were you begging for starts? I can't remember that far back.
2: Uh, I was hurt a lot. <laughs> I might have had COVID in 84. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. You're ahead of your time. We always said that about yeah. you. Yeah, I just battled through.
0: Yeah, we were just talking about uh, Jack Campbell and another uh, incredible effort. Um and first and foremost, uh, uh, I want to get your thoughts on uh, his Superman save because, uh, Sammy, did you have that by any chance? Uh, both uh, uh, you you and Bonesy uh, certainly lived up to uh, the save, but it, I found it so interesting, uh, Ralphie, about uh, how you kind of painted the picture of the type of save that it was. Sammy, do you have it by any chance?
2: No, I don't play it. I, I can do it much better the second <laughs> it,
0: time. You know what? It, it was it was great because uh, you you really painted the picture of a a third a third baseman. All right, let's go to it. I I got it. Intercepted there as Taves couldn't handle it. Centering pass in on goal, knocked down by Campbell. Loose puck in front. Campbell dives. What a save! Holy mackerel! Save of the year, Jack Campbell. What a play! Diving across and Soupy makes history here. I don't care about Bonesy. Where's Ralphie's part? <laughs> Ralphie <laughs> cut oh. it off. He's oh, saying...
1: <laughs> oh, he
2: cut off. Uh,
0: can we get Bonesy on the call? Thanks for joining us, Ralphie. Yeah,
2: yeah, get the big guy on.
0: <laughs> no, the whole reason why I wanted it is because you compared it to a third baseman cutting across the hot corner and diving out. And I thought that was really cool because, you know, I was kind of like a... Well, you know, I always, I
2: always remember I was a big Cincinnati fan, uh, the big red machine in the 70s. And I remember the one year they played Baltimore in the World Series, and Brooks Robinson dove on a line drive, hit by Johnny Bench on the third baseline. He was unbelievable in that series. And anyway, that's that's the first thing that popped into my mind. So that's why I use it. Hey, you've got Cujo coming on after, right, Kip? Yeah. He's had a few. I've got, uh, do you want a quick Cujo story?
0: Oh, we want a long one if you got one, too. Oh, yeah.
2: I got. I it, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, now Back in the 90s, there's a, a mutual friend of ours, Tim McClure, worked for starter at the time and took Cooge over to the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. And Cooge met Cal Ripken Jr. and got an autographed warm-up jacket from Cal Ripken, one that he was using in the game that night. And Cooge just loved this thing. And two weeks later, he had his golf tournament up in Newmarket. And uh, we are going through the auction, and I told Kuja's wife at the time, I said, go and get the jacket. They didn't live far from the course. And we'll play a trick on Kooja and say we're auctioning it off, that he's, <laughs> he's donated it to be auctioned. Kuja sat him beside me, and the auction started. said so now we've already got it set up. Jason Arnott was one guy, and there was somebody else there. We said, let's just get the bidding up to a ridiculous number. And Anyway, we brought the jacket out. And we said, Kujia, just nice enough to donate this to the auction. And he stood beside me and he said, you got my jacket from the house? You went and got it? And he sort of mumbling, like, but but can't believe. As you could see, he, he was such a nice guy. You would never see him get upset over it. But you could see he was steaming, you know, because of this. Here we are going to auction it off. And now we get it up to, I think, $14,000. <laughs> Nylon. Nylon jacket. That the end. I said, you know, it was all a joke. I said, it was just a setup. Cooch got this jacket. But I said, Jason Arnott, I said, because it's for charity, Cooch says you insures for $14,000. So, of course, then Arnott was pissed briefly before we realized it was just goofing around having fun. But just because <laughs> Cooch's reaction when we brought the jacket up, <laughs> the, the look of anger and disgust that we were going to auction it off without asking him was, uh, was priceless. So who
0: who told the kids, uh, uh, the charity kids, that they weren't getting fourteen thousand dollars <laughs> yeah. worth of new computers? Who yeah, who had I the made, job I of made,
2: that? I made Cooge do that in his, uh <laughs> wrap-up speech. <laughs> uh, that's great, <laughs>
0: Ralphie. When we watch Jack Campbell, uh, it it just it's come to the point where it's almost expected that this guy does not give up bad goals, untimely goals, early goals. It. it they're just spoiled rotten right now, the Leafs.
2: Yeah, and it's, you know, even go back to, uh, I mean, it's not often you talk about how great a guy was when he gives up five goals in a game. Uh, but he really, the shots were, what, 20 to six in the third period. Never they, they were lucky to get a point, you know, by the end of the game in regulation. They were lucky to come out of it with a point. Um, but, you know, even, you know, there's games like the Edmonton game before that. He gives up two in the first period, and then he's got to be perfect the rest of the way, and he is. You know, and, and McCabe scores late in the third. So uh, you're right. It doesn't seem to matter what type of game it is, whether he's really busy or he just has to be really good five or six times at the right time. Um, you know, they, they seem to get it from him. And, um, you know, for, you know, I, I know there were a lot of people that were worried, you know, he's, he's never played a full season before. Even last year was just 56 games and he was hurt at the start and then had to wait for Freddie to get hurt to, to get his opportunity. Uh, But the bottom line is anyone that gets this far uh, to make it a a career in the National Hockey League, you're a number one somewhere at some time. And sometimes it's just the opportunity to prove you can do it again. And, And as we've seen, and as you just said, he's made the most of that.
1: Ralphie, one thing we were talking about before we had you on was that the Leafs have statistically blown more three-goal leads than any team in the NHL going back to like 2007, 2008. Like five more than the next worst team. And we were kicking around the idea, is it – Possible that it has anything to do with being Toronto, the Toronto Maple Leafs, any sort of trend of the players? Because we're going over different coaches and different rosters entirely. Or do you think it's just a random statistical oddity?
2: uh I, I'm going to say with this group, it's more random. I knew they blew the five-one the lead against Ottawa last year, um, but for for this game, I'm, I'm going to say it's a one-off. Uh, you're, and then it's not to make excuses because they've taken advantage. They took advantage of Edmonton without McDavid. They took advantage of Ottawa uh, after the Christmas break uh, when they were short. Uh, but they have three r- rather significant forwards out of the game that that would have got, uh, I would say, more significant ice time, um, you know, than the the three replacement players. So, it um, I look at this as a one-off, and you're playing against the highest scoring team in the league. And uh, I'm not, uh, the the officials didn't have anything to do with the final outcome, but, you know, four to one in power plays, those are a little more even, and I don't think Colorado gets the momentum they do. I think Tavares took the penalty late in the second, they carried over, and then they were two more penalties in the third, and they just couldn't get off the ropes. You know, the the momentum from the power plays uh, didn't result in goals, or power play goals, but... Uh, to me, the the momentum shifted big time in the third period, and that had something to do with it.
0: No, Engvall, uh, we don't expect to see Marner in the lineup uh, tomorrow. That That's legit. When it comes to the blue line, though, uh, Ralphie, is, is it still uh, a place where Kyle Dubas has to go out there and particularly a, a right-handed D uh, add something? Because it just seems that Muzzin and Hull can't get Quite to the same spot they were a year ago.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's safe, and and, I mean, I think you look at any of the teams. Colorado, uh, the question mark is going to be goaltending, and are there there's highly skilled puck moving defensemen going to be tough enough when it comes to the postseason? So, I I think even you know maybe not as much Tampa, although they've had to replace a lot of players from last year. uh, Every team is going to have those those huge question marks going in, And, and I agree with you. That's uh, you know that's been the question mark for them. You can talk about blown leads over the last few years. Uh, the blue line has, has been a constant when it comes to what the concerns are. And uh, you know it is funny watching the Leafs play Edmonton, where you're saying Toronto had to get better defensively, but you look on Edmonton who have the same problem, and there's Cody Ceci and Tyson Berry. <laughs> you know you say, wait a minute, right. <laughs> I, I think we, I think I know those guys. Yeah, you know, very so, well. So it's uh, yeah. So I think it's a. Uh, uh, it's it's a concern going in, and uh, you know I, I think the trade deadline you always hear about depth up front and uh, you know top four defensemen, and if you can find a guy and fit him under the cap, I think you go for it. But yeah, I, I would certainly say that if there is one concern, it's it's that blue line, and you know Muzzin not not putting it all on him, but was on for both third period goals against the other night.
3: What were your
1: thoughts on that uh, Alex Kerfoot-Bunting-Matthews combination uh, against Colorado? There there were moments in that game where Matthews looked like he was skating as good as I've seen him skate, and Curfew, uh, Kerfoot obviously had a goal and two assists.
2: Yeah, they, uh, you know, Kerfoot is one of those guys. I think he was, you know, before the Edmonton game, six straight without a, uh, a point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he is so good on, you know, even off of Matthews' line on the penalty kill. Uh, he's just really become an all-around uh, great player that you can plug in anywhere, whether it's with Tavares and, and Nylander or playing up with Austin Matthews. But uh, you're right, it, it seemed like, especially in the first period, uh, at least could have played five on three, and, and Austin Matthews might have been the most dominant player on the ice. But he's, uh, from Kerfoot's standpoint, it's uh, his game's gone to another level. I think he's already surpassed last season's totals. And I know it was only 56 games, but it's um, you know you're you're seeing more of an offensive side to him, and uh, I, I think with with players like that and, and being able to watch him at Scotia Bank Arena in the building, uh, and you can see everything he does on the ice, he's noticeable. Every game he's he's noticeable. It's not just one of those games where you say oh, I you have to go back and and look again at his numbers or what his ice time was. Uh, you don't have to do that with Foot because it just seems like he does something to impress you every time he's on the ice, whether it's defending or in the offensive end.
1: Don't get to say this a ton, but there were some impressive uh, elements of Nick Ritchie's game. He gets in the lineup after getting waved, makes a nice little play in his back end to score against a good team. You know, is there a future where this guy can work himself back into relevance for the, for the Leafs?
2: Uh, I, I think it's going to be, Borny, to be honest, Depending on the health of the forwards around him, okay. Uh, you know, I, I think he's a he's a good guy that would get in, say, ahead of a guy like Kyle Clifford, Vercini, or uh, you know some of the other guys that they're going to have on the, uh, uh, the the practice squad or the the backup squad, whatever they call it now. Uh, but I, I think that's you know you'll be comfortable putting them in there. But but I just think you know once you get Engvall back and um, you know Cash is a, a pretty good. Uh, player to have out of the lineup as well from the lease, But, you know, you get Marner Cash and, and Engvall back, then I think this, the sheer numbers are, are going to pretty much dictate, you know, what kind of opportunity that Richie gets
1: for sure and uh last one for you ralphie before i let you go i just want to get your thoughts on uh mitch marner is now at 99 games without a power play goal yet the leafs are are damn near i know damn near number one in the nhl or number two anyway anyway—in power play percentage does it matter if this guy scores should we how do you feel about him going that long without shooting one in the net in the power play
2: well it is funny because i uh, we might have had the, the same release and you're going wow like really you know, it's uh, it doesn't feel like that because uh, the power play has had such going back to the start of last year, um, which was a year ago, uh, you know, they've had some pretty impressive moments. So no, I I don't think it really matters. You just think though that as a fluke that there'd there'd be a, something going off his skate or or a shim pad, but you know, usually he's he hovers around the the high right wing side, uh if Matthews isn't there and, and tries to find Matthews with the scene. That that was sort of a go to power play move for uh, you know, two or three years now, but uh, I, I don't think it's that big a deal. I think the uh, uh, scoring in the playoffs might be might be a little bigger stat right now, and yeah. I'm sure everybody will be all over that at the end of April. All
1: right, Ralphie, we'll we'll uh, let you go. We appreciate your time, and I'm sorry we cut off your clip. Next time, I promise you it'll be all Ralphie clips before we lead you in.
2: Yeah, good luck finding them.
1: <laughs> well, thank you very much. We'll, uh, we'll have you on again soon.
2: Uh, thanks, Whitey. Thanks, Kim.
1: All right, we uh, we have lost the one uh, Nick Kiprios, have we not, Sammy? Is he uh, he's
3: absentee on us? Uh, I'm I'm uh, endeavoring to reconnect <laughs> Kipper at the moment. It's really you know it's quite remarkable that. I am far away from the station, and I, you know, it's just like, what are we supposed to do here? I am, I'm trying, I'm telling my boy (laughs) Dachi on the other end to, I'm sending Kipper a new, a new link. It's, I'm talking to you. It's a real, you know, don't you love this? This It's almost, it's. I wish we had like a big palatial studio with all this. professional equipment that just always works. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be an amazing thing? <laughs> this, this sounds like a very specific gripe to me, McKee. Oh yeah, um, I know.
1: I know. <laughs> but, so we'll throw it to break. And when we come back, we're going to go through uh, what we're going to call LeafCon levels. It's, it's a yes. power rankings of sorts, but not really. We want to know who's on a tier with the Leafs, where do the Leafs fit in, in the greater NHL picture, um, we know uh, Kiprios told us that he doesn't have Colorado in the Leafs tier. He hasn't won above. We'll see who else he's got with the Leafs when we're back on Real Kipper and Born after this.
0: Do you guys re- remember a movie called War Games in the era, in the 80s?
1: Uh, by so, title only, Kipper.
0: By title only. I remember it was the a, name. uh it was uh, it was my first introduction to uh, DEFCON. DEFCON, C-O-N, yes. right? There's five levels. U- U.S. Uh, military. So yep. uh, it's it's used to uh, describe, I think, the readiness of of action. I like five that. being the least, one being the most severe. So instead of doing DEFCON levels, we'll do. LeafCon levels.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> to clarify, hold on. Are we putting a number to this? I think we should put a number to
0: this. Like, And if it's DEFCON like, 1, they need to trade everyone. Let me ask you something. When the Leafs were up for one oh, boy, <laughs> where was the readiness to win a Stanley Cup on, on LeafCon?
1: <laughs> one or two? All, all, all I know... All I know is that I sent you guys a link. I went to uh, CoolVet.com and placed a bet on the avalanche the second the Leafs went up 4-1. So you know where my mind was at. If the Leafs
0: would have found a way to kind of close it out at 5-2 or, you know, 6-3, where would you have been as they're they're really close here, guys?
3: Can I – I honestly – kiffer and you're probably not going to believe me i would have felt pretty similar to how i feel today really like i really really i, I have <laughs> <Boom.
1: laughs> oh yeah.
3: okay i i really <laughs> i really really loved that game they played great they really did play great and they you know they got they a couple... sam hinkey on the show here with the process i love it he loves the process they, they they had four power plays against them. Their penalty killers were dead. They were shorthanded. They were on the road. I, they put four they put four past the or three past their starter. Matthews is flying. Jack Campbell looked unbelievable. I, I honestly feel like I would be singing a very, very similar tune to the one I'm singing right now. If they had a won the game 5 2 or 6 3, I'm you know, saying is he's still become feel...
1: very good at selective reception, selective I retaining. St-
3: I still feel like this is a team that can win the cup. I, I really do. And that game on Saturday didn't waver my feeling one way or another. Yeah. I feel the exact same about them today as I did going into that game.
0: So there. It, it wavered for me, JB, and it did for the Leaf Blue Line, having 100% having to get better.
1: Boy, Sandine's only played 11 minutes. What's up with that?
0: That's fast game a, out there. I he's guess a, he's a five-six. JB, well, they're,
1: they're protecting a the lead. and They just felt like they couldn't put him on the ice. I guess.
0: Well, he's he's a five-six. He's not a top-four guy, and you know he's still a he's beyond a prospect because he is he should be an everyday player now, but he's still a a 12, 14 fourteen-minute guy.
1: Yeah, I just think he's so talented. God, he's so good. <laughs> it's, I, it is though. This has been is, the complaint. Is, you, you think he's ready for top four to win a Stanley Cup? No, I don't.
0: Thanks. And this just uh, ended at no.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. I listen. I, I, I had this complaint, and it used to be I brought it up in the early part of the season with Lilligren, right, where I was like, "Okay, this guy is good, and he's an NHL player. What does he do for you?" As these games get bigger, where, where's his role in a game like last night against Colorado? The questions about Sandin are not that different because he's a, he's similar. You know, is he going to be... Where does he fit into a team that is winning those hockey games? It has to be in the top four because it's weird on the third pair if you feel like you can't use the guy.
0: Yeah, they're caught a little bit.
1: It's just a tough spot. Like, it, it's the puzzle I, yeah, piece doesn't I, it, fit today. It, it might because be three it's, years. It's the depth isn't there right
0: now to win a Stanley Cup for the Toronto Maple Leafs on the blue line. And I'll go beyond that. I'm I'm a firm believer and I get it. The 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 salary cap crunch and all of that, but you need five, six, and seven decent defensemen to win a Stanley Cup. And I don't think that there's enough depth right there. And I think the mere fact that what you're talking about, uh Sandine being of this real talented guy, but that that you think that could log more minutes uh, speaks to it. Mm-hmm. Lilligren's
3: same seven. There's Lilligrin, absolutely no way they don't add to it. They're going to add right. to it. There's no and, way they and, don't.
0: And you know what's going to ha- happen is that to add to it, and it depends on the quality of the guy that you want. What's going to happen is Lilligren's. They're they're going to ask for Sandine back, and it'll be Lilligren that goes. That's that's the way Uh, I see it. Well,
1: but still, Kipper, seven guys, is that enough? Eight's the number for me. you got to have eight guys you can put in the lineup in playoffs. Right now, Alex Biega's your eight?
0: Yeah, I just don't know uh, how many legit guys. Now, a name that's creeping up more and more is uh, Klingberg in Dallas. So, I don't know if you saw their loss against St. Louis on the weekend,
1: but it was... I loved your, ugly. Your, your your text. They got their pocket picked. They were oh carrying my that gosh. thing through Grand Central, and someone came through and just went yoink.
0: To end you. up with no points, no points against St. Louis when you're you're up and they've got the goalie pulled, and did you see uh, bonus uh, take a couple swings with a hockey stick there? Oh, I
1: loved it. <laughs> you I loved it. it. <laughs> he got.
0: I don't know if you saw the the missed trip too on. Um,
1: no, I didn't.
0: Yeah, there was a on um, uh, Heskinen, but yeah. uh, he was it, it was legit missed call. Well,
1: but, there's a team that I'm curious where you have them, St. Louis, in uh, in our rankings. Yeah,
0: yeah, St. Louis is in my 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 top two right now, if not Whoa. one.
1: Whoa, yeah. hold
0: I like on! What are you yeah. talking about? I like St. Louis. I in like St. Louis. Your top tier
3: or your top team?
0: As a top team in the National Hockey League right now, yeah. I do. This
1: is this is mind-blowing information yeah. for me. Okay, I like St. Louis. All I right,
0: I think they're big, heavy, uh, shut down. Ryan O'Reilly's getting it going. This young player, this Kyrou.
1: I have hit them in my third tier, St. Louis.
0: All right, my third tier. Yeah, I've got so them as a the top top tier team.
1: Let's have our Leafs tier. That was the the original intent. Yes. Do, do you? Uh, who basically do we see as equals in the chase for the cup? Do you want me to go first or you want you to go?
0: You want to, you want to name some teams that you think that are in the top tier oh. to win the Stanley Cup?
1: Well, sure. You go there. You do top tier. Or the Leafs in your top tier. Let's we'll start there.
0: No, the Leafs aren't in a top tier for me. Come on. No. They are for you, Sammy? No, but I, I, don't sure. many, my t- I don't know how my many. Here's my top teams. tier.
1: My top tier is Colorado and, and Tampa Bay. That's my whole tier. That's it. Two See teams.
0: I I have I my tier is more than two teams. So I would put I would put uh Tampa Bay, St. Louis in that tier, Colorado in that tier. And uh probably that's it. Okay, I'll go one more on you. So I, my... I have three. I have three. Sammy,
3: are you jumping in on this? Yeah, I've got I've got five teams in the top tier. Colorado, Tampa, the uh, Florida, Toronto, Washington. That's my top tier. Oh wow! See,
0: I Florida I don't sp- have Florida in there. I cannot in with my, with a good conscience go Florida with Bobrovsky no and Knight. Not a chance. So
1: my second tier is Florida, Carolina, Vegas, Toronto, and Minnesota.
0: See, I have Toronto and Florida in a second tier.
1: All those other teams below.
0: I could I could sneak Carolina in the first tier. I could.
3: Yeah. I got tier two, Carolina, Rangers, Pittsburgh, Vegas, St. Louis in tier two. Wow, we got some mad disagreement here.
1: Washington. I got Washington as third tier with the Rangers,
0: the the Bruins. No, I have Washington ahead of the Rangers. Yeah, me too.
1: I do. That's true. I, I should separate those two. And Pitt. Pittsburgh's interesting. Pittsburgh's probably the most Pitt's interesting good. team right now. Where you could tell me they're cup contenders or they're going to miss the playoffs, they'd be like, "I, I get it. <laughs> you can talk me into it." They're on a tear. but Yeah. See, the one this... thing
0: too is with these top tiers, and we had this conversation earlier with Colorado, and while I think that uh, they're they're legit, but we don't know what kind of goaltending they're going to end up with and what we've seen during the regular season for Colorado is is cause for concern like could could jack beat colorado in a best of 7 yeah it, it's mm-hmm. not a long shot to say that Jack could
1: steal that series. Watch the Jack Maple steal Leafs. that series and then have a contract negotiation after it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the first and, $15 million goalie in NHL yeah, history. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> you you got to believe that Florida would beat the snot out of Toronto, but I Jack don't. could still beat the Florida Panthers in a in a best of
1: seven. Austin gets shooting against old Sergei Bobrovsky, and then they throw it to the you know to young Knight net. It's I think Florida has real concerns about their team. You know Florida's winning and winning and winning, but you know they they think they need a defenseman or two. It is going to be like absolute musical chairs trying to get mediocre D men for these these contending teams looking for depth. Big the way time. that David Savard cost a first last year, you, Ben Schrattz a first. He's going to get a first. Book no it. doubt. I mean the hotly contested people, and then and then you mentioned Kipper. Like, will Klingberg and Chickering end up on on teams in the mix here too?
0: And Klingberg will be expensive. There will be a bidding war on him, and i i do see I do see teams like Colorado going after Klingberg. Do you I really? Do. Yes, I see. I see Just Colorado going after Klingberg. No different. Than last year, watching David Savard, uh, Tampa Bay go after David Savard.
1: Well, what's Klingberg's like a guy though. He's a six, seven million dollar guy that plays top pair minutes. That's not David Savard. That's a much more valuable guy. Well, that's it, it,
0: David Savard was a first rounder. Klingberg oh, yes. will be a first rounder. Plus, plus a,
1: pro, plus a prospect. I guess his contract hurts a bit. The Savard thing was a little easier to fit in for a team. So, so is that. You know i, I, mean, I don't the even, ufa
3: too I don't even Somebody's know looking if, for somebody there. Mm. would would Playoff would limberg
0: would Klimberg make sense for the Leafs because that one that one you'd probably end up moving uh justin's Hull, hull's money down there to kind of saw it off a little bit here but does that make sense for the Leafs
1: Klingberg. Not really for me, Kipper. You know, I think of him as an offensive power play one guy. Yes. So Riley, yeah, it just doesn't feel like he fits a need. Is <laughs> Zach Bogosian want to come back? Like, I know, here's the thing. Last year I did this whole Nick Foligno campaign, and I still think he was the right guy for the Leafs at deadline time. But you always want to get talent okay. when you can get talent.
0: Okay. He, Ricky, what, what made you think Nick Foligno at the time was he was – he, I can he, tell you. He what. went through stretches of twenty plus games on a, a, a number of times. He couldn't score and he couldn't stay healthy in Columbus. Why in why in your right mind would you thought that Nick Felino was good? Because
1: all people like you were telling Leaf Nation, Kipper, was that they weren't yes. tough enough. They weren't gritty enough. They didn't have enough heart. All the things that you looked at Nick Felino and went, look at that heart gritty, heart grit guy. Yeah, yeah it made, heart yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, I I get that, but ultimately he, he was never healthy enough to get there, and now I think he's he's still hurting, isn't he? A poor guy, he's back out of the lineup again. He scored mm. his first goal really? since leaving oh, yeah. uh, Columbus, and now he's he's on the shelf again. I I feel so bad for him. Such a great yeah. guy and. You know, I get it. You, you speak of the character that you, you were hoping you were going to get. It just didn't surface, unfortunately.
1: God, that was tough. That was tough. Yeah. So but this I, year I, it's... I agree with you on Klingberg. It's a
0: tough fit because he is a number one power play guy.
1: But it does make me think of the Taylor Hall debate last year with Leafs fans where it was like a lot of people were like, just get really good players. Figure it out after you get really good players. Klingberg is obviously a very good hockey player
0: okay, yeah. after the break after the break, we've got uh, Emily Kaplan and we're going to get into the Evander Kane saga uh, lots of uh, news floating around uh, about this situation. The latest, of course, is the NHLPA filing a, a grievance last night to uh to fight San Jose on the remaining twenty two million dollars on his contract. hmm Uh, lots of talk within the next 24 to 48 hours if this guy will be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Many believe that he will be. And depending on who you talk to, whether there's interest or no interest on Evander Kane moving forward. Uh, Are you buying in that there's interest, guys, or are you buying no? It's just uh, perhaps uh, an agent trying to drum up business.
1: Oh, it can be both. It can be both a little bit here. You know, I I did read a quote today that said, uh, the phones are lighting up like a Christmas tree over Vander Kane, and that felt like agent information. Um, but, you know, he, if he's going to play for a million bucks and he's Vander Kane, like, you know, uh, what's his name in Carolina there? Tony D'Angelo signed and everyone kind of made, you know, there was a big dust storm and then it all settled. And now he's one of the leading point getters in the NHL for Carolina on a cheap deal. I could see a team that sees themselves as a piece or two away going, yeah, people aren't going to like it, but they're sure going to like it. If he scores 15 times for us.
0: Okay, I- I Sammy, Sammy, let's swing this over to the leaf side, left wing. Nick Ritchie, not oh doing God. as well. Bunting, good player, may not be as heavy or forceful enough. Evander Kane, Matthews, Marner
3: to start uh, the first <laughs> round of the it's... playoffs. <laughs> Listen, I, I'd be lying <laughs> to you if I said I wasn't tantalized by that idea. I, I, just He has not shown himself to be able to act like a very nice guy, at many stops He's along. He's no the Nick Felino with this is the reverse Felino yeah, decision. If we're juxtaposition <laughs> it's a juxtaposition between him and it's a big one here. But I the not the number one thing as I'm asking is how much and how are you gonna act? Those million are the two bucks. Million bucks and it's gonna to be finish a million bucks, is it?
0: Oh is it? gosh hundred percent. Hundred percent because listen it's like, do you want to be a Toronto Maple Leaf? Do you want to try to do something you've never, uh, no one has ever done since '67? You want to uh, be a part of something huge. So who's gonna million, million and a half, two million? It won't matter. It'll be about him trying to win a cup. But besides, okay. whether it's a million, million and a half, two million, the creditors are getting it, not me. So uh,
1: this well, guy is a bridge too far for me. I mean, the, some of the accusations on him, and you know, accusations. Uh, yeah, they are only accusations right now, but they are too plentiful for there okay. to be no no fire by all that smoke for me.
3: So Kipper, are yeah. you know? I will ask you this: There's been some smoke on the internet today about the about the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs potentially being interested in a Vander Kane, and you're floating out this tantalizing top line to me. So let me float this out. Do you think they're interested?
0: I can't believe for one second that there wouldn't be a very good conversation on it, and they're nuts if they don't have that conversation.
1: You know what? It, to me, Kipper, it's it's not the conversation is so short, and it's is he too far gone in his personal life for us to justify this yeah. guy? Yes or no? If it's no, then he's on the team. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> if if it's yes, then the conversation ends after that sentence. How how about?
0: We don't know, but we're willing to take a chance on the remaining season on a minimum contract. And the second we don't think he's on board or my dressing room comes back to me and say, we don't want this guy, then I send him home and it's clean off the books, no cap issues.
1: No strike policy.
3: Do you... So let me ask you this. What... what, what, If
0: you more upside then than worrying about on. the can't damage it. that it could cause you don't, I, I, you, don't, I, I you, don't you don't let, let it linger to... long enough to damage your room
1: i know what about the pr hit what about you know the you know i know you're throwing up your hands it's, about that but like in toronto I, I, it's a circus it's a circus it's,
0: i'm not disagreeing with you on that i am just and i'm not saying i would do it i'm just I'm just throwing out pros and cons here, I Listen, I see
1: that pro list. I, it's a really, really pro list. This guy
0: can score goals. He can hit. He can fight. He can create.
3: Like, is it worth a gamble? Here's, here's what I'm thinking, Kipper. The... To me, it is. But I'm not the general manager of Toronto Maple Leafs, and I don't have to sit in the dressing room and sit in this with it. Like, as a fan... There's a lot, I can tell you. There's a lot of fans out there that are probably saying absolutely no way, but there's probably another side of the fans that are saying, no. I'm interested, okay, but like, I'm interested okay. in this. And, and, but and, and would a- yeah, sorry, so- go ahead, what- Tim. I was just gonna say, would a general manager like, could is there a way to read his room on this? Could he have conversations with his leadership group, being like, hey, guys. This is something that we're interested in. Give me a hard, no, hard, yes. Would he take that into account? Like, how would that conversation go? Who would be the people he'd talk to about this? Kipper, were you going to jump in on that?
0: No, you go ahead. You jump.
1: Well, you know, I I think to, you know, for this organization, they've made a lot of public statements about their... Uh, I guess their public good, community-mindedness. You know, they fired, they hired, then fired the Marley's ho- goaltending coach for liking QAnon tweets.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So, All right. So, you know, so, okay. they've that, drawn a line in the sand about their priorities, have they not? That's a line there.
0: Where Where is Evander Kane's line? Because there's been a lot of things accused... Last time I checked the NHL didn't feel like he gambled on games. There was a domestic uh, situation where uh wife, girlfriend did not come forward, want to go on record, press charges. So wh- where is where where's that line for you the latest now? The fake fax they, cards. They they want to okay. Card. All right. So that's out there for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um And then the latest on the termination contract was that he traveled with COVID and there's a a feeling that he tested positive, but he didn't travel till about the eighth or ninth day, which kind of he felt it it was cleared by then. And then San Jose saying that he didn't have permission to leave. He claims that he did have written permission to leave. Mm -hmm. So, I just where is that that line that you're talking about that says this is the definitive reason why I don't want this guy on this team.
1: It's fair kipper that like you know the in September late September it, it leaves his wife who charged him with sexual sexual assault and domestic battery um but to, so that's been dropped has it that's they they didn't she didn't want to follow through on no, that is that what No yeah. she
0: she does not want to go on record she does not want to be interviewed by anybody like where do you go with that
3: mm-hmm. yeah it's a tough one uh,
1: no I, you know if, if there is nothing where he's been charged you know or formally you know had charges stick in this stuff i guess it's easier for a team to to make the case that they can justify it and then you know wh- whoever signs him is going to do the whole thing you're talking about about tony d'angelo style where they said anything and he's gone it's not a three strikes policy it's a you know one strike policy so you know, if someone's going to do it, I can see why you're sitting there going, are we the team to do it? It just seems to me that it would be in, in stark contrast with what they have let people believe to be their moral values led by Kyle Dubas. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair way to say it.
0: When I was uh, a member of the Washington Capitals, there was we were getting beat up a lot. And then there was the John Cordick out there, and we had heard all the stories on that. And... Uh, a million reasons why nobody would want that guy in the room. And the one thing that was presented to us was, can he help us win? Is our room strong enough to handle this? And can we can we bring him in and help him and he can help us? But selfishly, it was the number one thing that all, all, anybody cared. Can he help us win? And yeah. I've I've seen it before, and I think that's the question now is for a lot of these teams, and it's a selfish question. It won't come back to rehabilitating Evander Kane or, you know, doing something good. It will be from a pure, selfish reason. Can he help us win? And maybe it's just win in this short period of time.
1: Yeah. I love the idea that this is, comes to a, a fundamental question is what, what is your favorite professional sports team now? You know, is, is it not just their Is their goal, just not to just win the cup, or is it more than that? Is it about upholding values? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what do you expect from your favorite team? Um, you know, I, I think there has been a shift. I want to say that the ultimate goal is all that matters and I do think that whoever Kane goes to there's just not enough time for him to have it all fall apart, you know with the first impressions and trying to get a new contract and all that I think you'd get him on his best behavior. you know what do you want your team to be? the best
0: So Sammy or the best and moral y- would you yes, would you yes, rather sir. would you rather lose without Evander Kane or win with
4: him? Oh wow, well, oh, I love I mean, that what what are we talking about winning?
1: First round, yeah. winning what?
4: The, the, Stanley, the Stanley, Cup Stanley Cup or, or, or Cup. Kane
1: gets him. Yeah. Oh.
3: The Stanley Cup. Okay. Well, I mean, come on. Like, I, you you know, can have I Kane like... at every position if you win the Cup. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't want to tell you who I'd put on left wing for the Leafs to win the Stanley Cup, boys. Like, there's a list of names at probably... <laughs> Dexter.
0: If if you yeah. tell me if you're telling me you're okay with the Leafs winning the Stanley Cup with Evander Kane, then you're telling me it, he's worth taking a chance on.
3: I can't disagree with anything you just
1: said. Kippers won this conversation. Like, you have. There's no doubt. You have. It's just, you you know, I don't... They're going to look hypocritical if they do it. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think... Let's let's leave it there and get to Emily.
0: After blown 4-1 leads...
3: God, we think
0: it's, worth left we can score. it's worth the chance. It's
3: worth the chance. That him with Matthews and Marner is a absolutely sick line. Like that yeah, would be. Like, he's a perfect like like if fan. we're
1: allowed to say that. Like that's pretty. That's pretty good. You know. Like it's, yeah. That would be nice. Pretty good. Yeah.
0: Pretty good. okay. Okay, we beat that up pretty good, pretty well. So let's go to uh, Emily Kaplan after the break, and also a guy who might draw a few comparisons to the Superman save that uh, Jack Campbell had Saturday night, our good buddy Curtis Joseph. Coming up after the break on Real Kipper and Bourne.